0: The Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. Check out theathletic.comslash Spot SpotTrack in your browser. Get yourself 40% off that first year subscription. Download the app, and you're off and running. My name is Mike Chenetti. It's a full football episode today. Haven't done this in quite a while, but certain instances call for certain dramatic events, and that's what we have today. I, uh, I kind of forced the first one because the report's swirling out of LA is that the Rams are about to shut it down. They've already kind of shut it down from a standings perspective, so it makes sense now with some players seriously injured and a few others at least nicked up that they're basically going to put in the third stringers for the rest of the way here, the six weeks to go. Sounds like Stafford's done. Sounds like Aaron Donald's probably done. Sounds like Cooper Cup is done. We know Allen Robinson's done. Brian Allen's trying to come back, but yeah, no boom. Eh, Achilles, there's a lot. There's a lot of injuries, and they're going to shut down the main, main core for football and business purposes. And it's the business side that I'm focusing on today. I've got a quick piece up on spotter.com that details the future guarantees of 10 Rams contracts, seven of which were signed this past offseason. So they uh, they did not see this coming. Let's put it that way. They were ready to run this back. They were ready to compete and at least be NFC contenders to try to uh, reclaim that Super Bowl trophy they won last February. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. So what happens now? Are there decisions to make? Is it just a write-off and they're going to try to run it back in 2023 with this unit? Or are there certain players that I can identify from a contractual standpoint that could be eked out in some way? Ten players, full details on the Rams guaranteed future. And then probably don't have enough of it yet, right? Aaron Rodgers, 20 minutes on all of the options, all of my thoughts. I wrote a lot of them down on spytrack.com, as many of you probably seen being passed around here. But it's good to kind of speak it out loud as well, because I can give you some some real specifics to what I'm saying and some objective thoughts and just how crazy some of these numbers can get and will get, whether he's a Packer, whether he's a Raider, whether he's a Jet, you can, you can put any kind of helmet and logo on him. His contract is a circus act, left, right, up, and down. And uh, that's what I focused on the second segment here in full detail. So full NFL show, Rams, mess of a 2022, heading towards 2023 to start it, and the Aaron Rodgers contract to finish it off. The Rams are certainly one of the more disappointed teams of the 2022 season, and it appears they're finally ready to admit it. Reports with the Stafford injury, with the cup injury, with an injury now lingering for Aaron Donald, and many others, that the Rams may be shutting everything down here, including <laughs> their chance to win any more ball Despite the fact, as has been well documented, that they have basically no first round picks for the fourth foreseeable future. They have built via the trade, whether that's trading draft picks in the draft or trading draft picks to acquire actual NFL players. So they're playing in-house money here. The Detroit Lions obviously own their current 2023 first round pick for the Matthew Stafford trade. We will get to him in just a moment here. They do have a second round pick. So there is something to play for in that regard. You know, losing a couple more ball games and getting that number thirty six pick up closer to thirty five thirty four. Look, that's something. You know, that's something if you have to turn the corner on at least a few of these notable positions. They do have a third round pick. There's gonna be some compensatory picks out there, especially for the Von Miller deal with Buffalo. So it's not what the cupboards totally bare in terms of building through the draft. It's just not as easy as many of these other teams have it. There's a piece on spot.com that I posted today that I'm going to T off of a little bit here. In regards to this Rams team, which is, what if it was a one and done? What if the uh, it was all for 2021, and that was it? Similar to the Lakers in 2020, similar to the Dodgers, it's common. We don't have dynasties anymore. We have mini dynasties. We have faux dynasties. We have teams that still believe that dynasties exist, even though they don't. Especially in a hard cap league like this. So I don't think anybody's crying because the Rams certainly got to the finish line. But man oh man did they sign a hell of a lot of contracts this offseason. More than I even remembered, and I did all the work. I manually put them all in. So this exercise was good not only for I think a few of you out there who are who maybe follow this team or follow the benefactors of this team blowing up, but also for me to kind of dive back into what this team did after winning this Super Bowl, which is Literally run it back. We saw it not work with Tampa Bay, although they got pretty damn close to getting it back to at least an opportunity. It really didn't work this time around. I mean, fantastically. There's probably going to be a a stat thrown around soon with the first to worst out there and just how bad the defending champions next season went. I know it's all. It's not super uncommon for teams to kind of crash and burn. But this is a major crash and burn, and much of it's injury regarded. So here's what the piece is built around. What happens if, the, if that one-and-done scenario means they got to start selling parts? Just how easy or hard is it to move on from some of these contracts that are going to cost them an absolute fortune? Because you don't want to be a team spending a ton of money and also be tanking at the same time, you know, even if they're tanking for second-round picks. Let's start with Stafford. This one's going to be a bit hot stovey and I know he's injured and I know he, a lot of his bad play this year was built around the injury and maybe there's more than one injury. There's certainly a serious concern now for the, the basically the nerve damage that appears to have happened with Stafford where he couldn't even get through practices at some point over the past couple of weeks here. So obviously shutting him down was the right decision. He, he's only got $1.5 million guaranteed right now going forward. And by the way, everything I'm about to say here is going forward. Let's just consider 2022 a done deal because, for all intents, that's what the Rams are. As of right now, until March 19th, there's a $1.5 million guarantee on his salary. That's what his base salary is. The option bonus, that kicks in March 19th. There's 57 million more practically guaranteed on this deal, but it's all on March 19th. So what I'm trying to say without saying it to you is that if he's healthy enough to pass a physical, and that's a big if right now, knowing what we know about this injury. If he's healthy enough to pass that physical and the Rams don't want to move forward with this, which would be the ultimate rip off the Band-Aid, you know, I mean, there's a lot more guys here that I think could, are privy to being moved on from next March. He's probably not on a lot of lists, but he might be on some lists, and he could be on Les Sneeds list. It would be ruthless to do this, 18 months removed from a Super Bowl win. But it's possible, and the contract allows for it, and and it's not an accident. It's It's not an accident that Derek Carr hasn't out, and it's not an accident that Matthew Stafford hasn't out here. They gave themselves a three-day window between March 15th and March 19th, okay? Excuse me, a five-day window, obviously, before the start of that league year and when that 57 million locks in. And if they need to, if they feel that the best way forward is just to get out of this thing now before it really, it really digs in. And by the way, they've been burned. The last iteration of a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl losing team, right? The Goff, the Gurley, the Cooks contract burned them. They paid cash, flat out cash to let those players go. In every instance, in all three instances, they paid millions of dollars per player to see them go to another team. So there's that in the back of their minds. There's no question about it. And it's not like it's a little bit here. It's not like, well, we'll see what happens after next season. Hopefully, he can return to health, and then he'll be fine. Here's how this works, and this is becoming more and more common. And I'm about to talk about it later with Aaron Rodgers. March 19th, the salary, the option bonus, and 2024 all kicks in. And because of the dead cap scenario and because of a 2025 trigger, all of it now becomes likely. So while I'm telling you that they could get out of this thing after 2022, pay him 1.5 million cash to walk away, and there's a significant dead cap hit, which I'm failing to mention here. It would save them from $89 million of cash through 2025, which is what happens after March 19th, if he's still on the roster. The likelihood that he makes it through 2025 on this contract becomes extremely, extremely higher. So they got to be pretty damn confident that he can at least right the ship enough to be the QB1 for at least two, probably three more years. Because if they don't, if if they're on the opposite side of that, they're going to take a drastic measure here, and they're going to get out of this contract in March, okay, Maybe even in February. I just want you to know that's available to them. It's not likely, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just want you to know it's available. Again, he's got to pay up to be able to pass a physical. And I have absolutely no idea, as an armchair you know, fan here, if that's possible, or to what extent this injury is. But you know, when you start hearing nerve damage, you think long-term. So it's possible this conversation is moot and that he is so injured that those, all the numbers I just gave you, which are injury guaranteed, have already kicked in, hypothetically speaking, But if he's able to pass the physical, they can pay him $1.5 million of cash, take on a $49.5 million dead cap hit over the next two seasons, which, you know, that's big. But 13.5 Thirteen and a half next year, thirty six in twenty twenty four when the cap could be two thirty five. It's doable, and you take that lump to not pay eighty nine million dollars of cash, which we don't think about the cash so much with the NFL because it's a you know gazillion dollar company, and everybody's worth six billion dollars, especially the Rams. But if you have a chance to not pay ninety million, and it's a big risk, you're at least considering this just want to put it out there, not giving you my objective opinion on it. I'm just saying this might be in the back of their head. In fact, fact, it might be way ahead, right? This conversation that I'm having has probably already been had 77 times in that Rams front office because it's $150 million over four years from 2022 to 2025, 89 million of which would be considered on March 19th. Cooper Cup, a much happier story, okay? A, he's still uber, uber elite. This this one injury now that he's dealing with here that's forcing them to shut him down, it's an anomaly. I mean, he just doesn't have this in his career. Now, hopefully this isn't the start of something like this and he, he doesn't become injury prone heading into his 30s, but brand new contract, practically guaranteed through 2024. We're keeping it that way. All right, we're keeping it that way. In fact, I'm going to give him through 2025 on this contract because I'm assuming some restructure. I'm assuming that they're not going to pay him $5 million to go away in 2025, which is what the early roster bonus would be. Again, that's very girly Cook stuff. But it's apparently what the Rams can still want to do and how they do their business. So I'm going to give it three years, $60 million more on Cooper Cup. And I'm pretty confident with that, regardless of who the quarterback is. Different story on Allen Robinson. Obviously, this was not the free agent signing they were hoping for. They're going to have to see if it works next year because I don't think it's a tradable contract. It's one year, $15.25 million, Fully guaranteed, locked in stone right now. They may try to trade it. They may eat some of it to trade it. But for now, he's locked in through 2023 on this contract somewhere. Let's put it that way. Left tackle Joe Nopum. Had the undaunting task to have to replace Andrew Whitworth. And that really didn't work out. And then the injury to the Achilles really was the nail in the coffin on this season with that. It's not the worst of situations. And it's not the biggest contract. So, from a financial aspect, I think I told you this when it was signed. This isn't the biggest vote of confidence for your incumbent left tackle here. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're replacing a legend with a $40 million contract over three years, $16 million guaranteed at signing. In other words, it's, let's see if this guy can do the job. We think we like what we've seen so far. Let's see if he can step into this role and really take the reins. And if he can, we'll get some value out of this. That's what that contract said to me. They're kind of getting what they paid for here. They're going to see it for one more year. And I'm not sure where, this, where that Achilles injury is going to be. I'm pretty confident it's going to be a factor in March. So let's kick the injury guarantee in right now and just say $13.5 million for next year is now a one-year guarantee. It's an option after that. So not the worst thing in the world and not the highest salary in the world. They can restructure that to free up some cap space as they're going to need to do because they're the Rams. And uh, he gets one more shot at this as long as he can get back to full health. On the right side, Rob Havenstein, right tackle. Actually having a pretty decent year. He's a pretty decent tackle, and he's in a good spot, and I think he's a—he's uh, not going anywhere just yet. Again, though, this was a September extension. This is now one, two, three, four. I've given you five contracts. All of them have been signed this past offseason. All of them, and there's more. He's getting two more years out of this deal, in my opinion. Two for 23, and that's actually a pretty good value. The right tackle market's close to $20 million a year you know, the Lane Johnson's of the world and, and the Braden Smith's of the world have really shot this thing up. So I, I do think that he's adequate. He's above average. And at 11 million, you know, 11 and a half million for the next two years, you got to be pretty happy with that. There's some early guarantee stuff like the Rams love to do. So you just kind of grant it and bear it. This is a guy I think you just keep here regardless of who's, you know, catching the ball, throwing the ball, et cetera. So, again, like Cooper Cup, pretty confident about this one, and uh, there's production on the field to prove it. Brian Ayl in the center, another extension this past March, three years, $18 million. Again, the, the center market's a million, $13 now. That's the top of the market for that position. So to pay a guy $6 million a year, only one of those years fully guaranteed at signing, you know, not much confidence, financially speaking, when you're talking about some of these other contracts on this team that are two, three, four years out. Another injury situation. I think they like this guy more than the contract says they do. So there is a one million dollar guarantee next year. There's probably no reason to pay that to make him go away. I don't know why you'd trade a player like this with with a tenable contract. So he's going to stick around for one more year at least, six million. If he's if he's all systems go, healthy and and holding the fort down, it's seven million for 2024. So and, and it's non guaranteed. So Again, there's probably good value in this contract, and I'm underselling it a little bit, but with the injury, and he's just kind of another name on a list here. So he's definitely getting next year. There's a chance he's getting two for 13. Aaron Donald, let's get to the big fish here. Another contract this past year. That's seven. And these these are the biggest contracts on the team. I didn't go down to the bottom and pick up the long snapper. These are the biggest contracts on the team, and all of them so far have been signed in the last couple of months. So you want to talk about all in? They, re- they really were in a one-and-done situation. They were in a situation where they won the Super Bowl and then a ton of guys who needed contracts or wanted new contracts. And they either had to comply to all of them or basically say, uh, eh, it was a good run. They complied. With everybody but Vaughn Miller and Odell Buckham Jr. And you can understand the latter. So Aaron Donald signed a three-year $95 million extension in June. 46.5 of that was locked in immediately. He's going to get more than that, if he wants to. This was a weird year, and he tried to retire before this year. Is he going to try to retire after this year? A lot of the language in this contract basically says, even if I retire, I'm getting my money. So they got to be careful on this one. They were very, 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 very generous with, with this deal, as you can imagine why. Still playing at a monster level. Technically speaking, next year isn't guaranteed. Now, there's a roster bonus of $15 million, which was fully guaranteed and and has already been treated like a signing bonus. It looks like a signing bonus on his contract on SpotTrack. So it's almost hidden right now, but except for the dead caps there, there's a $13.5 million salary for next year that doesn't lock in until March 17th. So you can tell me that there's a bit of an out here if the Rams need to. I don't even know why we're talking about this. This is Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald wants to play football. He's going to play football for the Rams. I think it goes even one step further if I'm looking at this from the the Rams perspective only. He's getting the whole freaking contract. Two years, $63.5 million left on this deal. That's what he's getting paid. If he wants to play football, he's getting it on this contract from this team. End end of story. Leonard Floyd's a different scenario. All right, This this is the first contract here that was not signed this past season. This was a March 2021 contract. It was an extension, a really last-minute free agent extension pretty good for guarantees and 2023 is guaranteed that locked in last March. But I think this is a very tradable contract. Uh, he's an, a very able edge rusher. He's not having the year he had last year, but he's having a good year, you know, analytically speaking, productive speaking. I think this one year, $15 and a half million basic, basically guaranteed contract is extremely tradable. Now they'll have to take on 19 million you know of dead cap either this year or or next year or over the next two years. But I think that's probably worth it if you can grab an asset back. And with some with at least one or two of these names that I'm saying out loud here, they have to think about replenishing this draft this draft situation. Have to. It's just too far gone. You can't have a year like this right now and also not have draft picks. Those two things just don't go hand in hand. So they're going to have to address one of them. And I think rather than gut the whole thing, you know, and that would include the Stafford situation, a player like Leonard Floyd with a basic one-year guaranteed deal can be dangled out there in February and say, look, we, we, we got to shed something here. This guy can definitely get it done for you still. Who needs a pass rusher? Denver. Who needs a pass rusher? Green Bay. Who needs a pass rusher? New England, right? There's teams all over the place that need guys like this and it's a contract you can take on, restructure, and make it work for you. So while the contract says definitely one more year, I'm not sure the Rams are saying that in-house. I think they are considering this a tradable deal, and that's how I'd look at Leonard Floyd heading towards February. Definitely not the case for Bobby Wagner, who has been a monster. I mean, you know the PFFs of the world love him. He's, if, the eye test loves him. If you've seen this guy in the field at all, He looks like Seattle Bobby Wagner from three years ago, which is saying a lot. I don't know why he'd go anywhere. This was a value deal the second it was penned. It was $10 million a year. I understand he's 30-something. But you're putting this guy at two for 22 over the next two years with with an early guarantee structure for 2024. So the contract says he should get two more years, and so does the eye test. Two for 22, it's going to be good value. And oh, by the way, if he starts to decline even a little bit, there's going to be another team out there that looks at this $11 million a year and says, it's worth our time. You know, you're at the bottom of the standings, LA. We're not. And this is the perfect kind of guy to get in our locker room and shake things up a little bit and get us to the finish line. So it's a great fit for the Rams if they want to keep it. It's a great trade asset if they want to go that route as well. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, this one is um, polarizing. Because I do think he's still as good as ever. I, I'm not just going to spit out PFF grades here, but he's doing, you know, analytically speaking, he's doing as good as ever. I don't know that the eye test says the same thing. And I've heard some people inside the industry and some players say otherwise. That there's a step off here. There's a bit of a, a setback here. Maybe they have just kind of figured out how to scheme around this guy or scheme through this guy, maybe better said contractually speaking, this can be one more year. There's $12.5 million guaranteed in this coming salary for 2023 of a $17 million compensation package. So if this was always the, the line of demarcation, the potential outline after 2023. Could we put this in the Leonard Floyd conversation where, again, the Rams have to say, we got to get an asset back here. Remember, they gave up two first to get this guy in the door in the first place before the $100 million contract came do they do they start to think about is this the time to dangle this contract out there which basically has you know 17 18 and a half 19 and a half 38 plus 17 math on the fly 40 you know 55 three for 55 but the the guarantees end after 2023 that's a fairly attractive contract for a team looking for this type of player If this is a specific need on your roster and this is one of those positions where you think you're one player away, teams are going to be calling. Teams are going to be calling because you understand that there's flexibility in this kind of contract and acquiring it now versus later beneficial to the Rams because there may be a better draft pick right now with three years of term left. I'm not going to say it's likely that Jalen Ramsey is even on the trade block, let alone traded this coming off season. But the contract tells me it's at least possible. So Jalen Ramsey, definitely Leonard Floyd. I I mean, they're going to try on Allen Robinson and just say that it wasn't a good fit and injuries kind of held back the whole situation. Those are at least tradable entities for me in in some capacity. And then the big one to watch, and again, it's not a story until it's a story, is that March 19th out with Matthew Stafford and the injury, which go hand in hand. That's the Rams in a nutshell right now for 2023. I mean, that's the bulk of their contracts. And there's a lot there. You know, if I add up this piece that I put together, which basically says how much practically remaining are we talking about from a cash perspective, you know, we're in the hundreds of millions for these 10 players that I have listed out here. So it's inconceivable to think that everybody's going to be here next year and certainly that everybody's going to be here the year after that. So over the next couple of off seasons here, we're going to have significant turnover on this team, even though the guarantees say otherwise. That's what's been good about the NFL of late. Teams are not sitting on their hands, right? Philadelphia continues to do make moves even after the trade deadline. They have signed two preeminent free agents off the street to continue to do things. More teams are following those footsteps. The Saints are going to be unbelievably active again this offseason. And I think the Rams will too. Again, the Stafford thing isn't going to happen until it happens. But it could get to that point. The Rams could literally look around and say, especially if Aaron Donald comes back and says, that's it. I gave it a shot coming back, but I'm donezo. And oh, by the way, so could Sean McVay, who was very serious about walking away after that Super Bowl. So you take a coach away, you take in a, a Hall of Fame defensive lineman away. Then some of these maybes become probably, in a Ramsey's case, in a Floyd's case, maybe in a, a cutting bait on Stafford's case. So there's a lot of moving parts. And a lot of it is money-based. Some of it's football-based. But a lot of it is just, do these guys want to continue to do this? You know, Do these, some of these older, older players or, or experienced players want to go through what it takes on this roster, which isn't going to be able to add much at all, you know, certainly not through the draft. Or does the organization as a whole come down and say, it's time to start playing, you know, like one of the smaller teams again, coming through the draft, building draft picks instead of subtracting draft picks. and starting to reset that clock so that we can try to build a roster that can get us back to what we did in 2021. It's, it's quick. It's unbelievable how quickly we've gotten to this point and they may not look at it this way. You know, they may say, look, freakish injury year. We're just going to take our pill, swallow it and see where the hell we are in March. Uh, certainly in, in, in September to 2023 with most of these same players that we just handed out, you know, gigantic new contracts to. That's the easy way to go to do it. It's not what I would recommend at least one. Maybe two of these players that I've mentioned today should be off this roster sometime in the March-April landscape. We'll see if it comes true. All right, as I teased about 15 minutes ago and as I've pushed around on social media and certainly on spotdraft.com I spent a heck of a lot of time on Aaron Rodgers the past couple of days because I do think he is the right player to be focusing on right now, not because he's refusing to sit or it's Jordan Love time. I, I, I don't have any control over that. What I do have a control over is assessing the money that goes along with those two players and the rest of the Packers organization and other teams that may be interested in either one of those players. And if I can read those tea leaves and follow those train tracks, I can get myself to an objective, you know, opinion that turns into 15,000 words of an article which is currently live on Spotrak detailing at least the options. Now with Jordan Love, I didn't sit here and say he could be traded, he could be cut, he could be kept. Could be extended. His fifth-year option might be declined. His fifth-year option. We all know what could happen here. And we also know nothing because we've seen seven throws from this guy. You know, and we have a recency bias now that looks pretty darn good. He was a pretty admirable fill in here last week. And that's why some, so many of these hot stove shows are saying, Give me more. Because Aaron Rodgers is polarizing and difficult and frustrating to a lot of people. And I think the opportunity for somebody to supersede him at his own job is enticing. I don't think that way. I like Aaron Rodgers. I like the passive aggressiveness. I like that he's a bit of a cowboy with this stuff. I think you need that at this position. He's also pretty freaking talented, especially for his age. And I think if he didn't break his thumb six weeks ago, we'd be having very different conversations right now. So I just want to be honest and upfront about what this actually is versus what it could be, which is a very timely, timely scenario. We saw Jordan Love. We know that the rookie contract is is on the tail end, that there's a May decision on that fifth year option, which in my opinion is not an option. It's not even a decision. You don't exercise that option. Why would you do it anymore? Would you rather be Sam Darnold or, Dan, or, or Daniel Jones right now if you are the Packers organization? Give yourself a chance to say no. And then when you have to say yes, you franchise tag the guy and you pay a couple million dollars more to keep your quarterback in-house and then you work out a multi-year contract that works from a cap perspective. It's the oldest. It, we've been doing this for 15 years now. Okay, and the fact that they, that they fully guaranteed those fifth-year options the second that they got exercised is going to make 85% of these no's. Absolute no's. You've got to be an absolute slam dunk in a one-year capacity, right? Because if you're an absolute slam dunk, yes, you're probably already extended before we get to the fourth year May decision. If you're not, maybe there was an injury. Maybe something went wrong, but you figured some things out, and now it's time. I just think the likelihood for exercises with most of these fifth-year options is going to become less and less and less and less every single offseason because of this rule change. So for me it's not it's not even in consideration. If I need to see this guy one more year, that's exactly what the franchise tag's for. And yeah, it's an overpay, but that's what you do with the quarterback. <laughs> okay? You don't screw around with this stuff. But you also don't put yourself in a position where you're paying $25 million to a guy who you've seen for an hour and a half in real NFL action. So it's a no. It's a no. And by the way, even if he plays out the next 6 weeks and looks competent, it's still a no. Now, you tell me that Aaron Rodgers has been traded in, in March and now that made decisions here, I don't know. I understand that the circumstances can change, but that's for, for right now, certainly for right now, it's a hell no because of that guarantee. That's Jordan Love. That's all we need to know about, all right? He's fully guaranteed next year. They can trade him. I don't know why anybody would require him without basically having seen him, but you know, if there's a chance he plays the next few weeks, That's circumstantial. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, the meat and potatoes here. I gave you four scenarios and I sort of ranked them. Sort of. So I guess if you're going to take away some kind of opinion from me, it's that my number one option was to trade them. And the only reason I said this, and I've said this with a lot of those Ram scenarios is because the second you don't trade them, you've now got them for two years. And do you really want Everything that comes with Aaron Rodgers, including the health issue now, because now, you know, he's at an age where injury prone isn't even a thing anymore. It's just a guarantee. The fact that Brady hasn't, knock on wood, is just ridiculous. You know, Aaron Rodgers is more LeBron James here. At, at some point, the body's just going to start saying no, and it's going to be suspect to all these little nicks and dings that turn into four week absences. That's what LeBron's dealing with now. Aaron Rodgers is starting to show that here. Unfortunate thumb injury. There's some other things going on now. That's probably going to be part of this conversation. The, the problem is he's not making $25 million a year like Brady. He's just not. And I know you're sick of hearing that cliched bullshit about Brady and his, and his salary, but it's a hell of a lot easier to tolerate Tom Brady at that price when I have to give you numbers like $59.5 million with Aaron Rodgers because that's his cash compensation for 2023. That's what's on the line here, $59.5 million. If he retires and forfeits $59.5 million, it will officially be the most. What's the word for this? I don't want to say stupid. (laughs) Is admirable the right word? What is the right word for doing that? I mean, to truly admit to yourself that A, I don't want to play football anymore, and B, I don't want to play football for this team anymore, to the tune of 59 and a half million dollars. I understand stupid is part of that. but To me, I, I just can't even fathom that. It's fourth on my list, right? Sorry, it's third. Fourth is they release him. And the only reason release them is ahead of him retiring is because there's a hundred million dollars of dead cap to release him. So that has to be more stupid than tearing down $60 million. I mean, the Packers would literally forfeit their entire salary cap. That is 45% of their salary cap. Ninety-nine point seven million dollars of debt cap, so releasing him is an option I had to write because I had to write it. But it's even more stupid than walking away from sixty million dollars. So trading him, or or him sticking around, and I say it that way because this is his decision, are really the only two options here, and that's why you know those are the paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of my report. Let's stick with the trade here. In every scenario, there's an option bonus that comes into play, but more so with the trade. They're not going to pick up a a massive, massive option bonus, a $58.3 million option bonus, and then trade him. That's suicide. You're not going to keep that dead cap on your roster. The whole point is to move it off your roster. But it's a real thing. This isn't like funny money. Like so, so often we talk about with the salary cap. This is cash I'm talking about. What I'm telling you right now is that the destinations I gave you, right? The Jets, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Giants, the Saints, Tampa Bay, if Brady walks away again, these teams that I think that I identify as options for Aaron Rodgers, what they're considering is, is 59.5 million cash. It would be the biggest acquisition, maybe in the history of sports. You know, we don't see salaries like that in one year moved from one team to the next. So I'm not trying to under or oversell that. That That's an absolute giant, giant number. And then you factor in his age and then you factor in the injuries and then you factor in the, the drama because there's just some teams that won't even allow that in their, in their, in their, and I can tell you right now, the Giants might be one of them because knowing what I know about the Joe Shane, Brian Dable system, that, 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 existed in Buffalo with Brandon being with Sean McDermott. I have to tell you that one of the big things that they absolutely took with them and have started to create in that Giants locker room, you saw it with some of the players that have already been removed is we're not dealing with the BS at all. And Aaron Rodgers, love him or hate him comes with a hell of a lot of BS. I tend to like it. There are definitely people that won't tolerate it. And I think the Giants might be one of them. So while they're a fit because of the Daniel Jones situation, I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers is the right animal for that locker room. But the option bonus exists, and it's going to move to the next team. The contract basically says they have between March 15th and week one to officially stamp that exercise. Now the Packers can do it, or another team can do it. That's what we're dealing with here. You know, the base salary is minimum, 1.1. It's on purpose. So, it's all about these bonuses. The same thing happens in 2024. Another massive option bonus and a basically minimum salary. So, it's simple in that regard, but the numbers themselves aren't simple at all. <laughs> okay? Here's the di- here's the deal. It's not just Let's let's just for for exercise purposes here, for radio purposes, let's just say the Raiders acquire They cut Derek Carr in February. They free up a bunch of cap space and they're able to take on this, what seems measly, $15.7 million cap hit. That's what it takes to to bring Aaron Rodgers onto your team March 15th. $15.7 million. Okay? Then you exercise the options and all that dead cap starts to pile up. And you say, well, we gave up a first, a second, and a third, just spitballing here. So we're not going to keep them for just one year. We're going to keep them for two. So now we're talking about fifty nine point five million next year and forty nine point three million the year after that, which math in my head is a dollars ish million dollars for two years, fifty four million per year for two years of an age forty and age forty one Aaron Rodgers. These are, this is really happening. And by the way the most likely scenario is that the Packers themselves have to deal with this. They signed the contract. So somebody's likely dealing with this unless crazy Aaron Rodgers walks away. $54 million per year for two years. That's, where, that's what gets us to that 150 the three-year 150 contract. Let's just say the Raiders decide, all right, we gave up enough. He's playing well enough. He's an upgrade from Derek Carr. We're certainly going to keep him for 2024. We're going to exercise the 2024 option bonus. We're going to lock him in for one more year. He's got two more years left after this deal. This is the dead cap that you have to deal with to walk away from from 42-year-old Aaron Rodgers after 2024. After you've paid him $108.8 million cash and given up some package of draft picks to get him in your door. 60.4 million dollars a dead cap. 60.4. For him to go away, for him to retire, for him to be released. 60.4 million. None of this is good. Okay. None of it. It's not good for the Packers to keep him and have to deal with this. It's not good for the Packers to trade him. And they have to take a 40 million dollar hit to trade him. And then The receiving team has to deal with 108 million and then 60 million of dead cap. It's going to go down as one of those historic contracts unless he walks away. If he walks away and it's one for 42, we're just going to forget about this. The Packers will take a dead cap hit over two years, right? They'll officially retire him on June 2nd, they'll split up the dead cap. They'll walk away, you know, $40 at dead cap. It'll be the second most all-time behind Matt Ryan. And that'll be it. And once that doesn't happen, because again, nobody in their right mind would walk away from $60 million in one season. And so once that doesn't happen, this is the mess that's going to ensue. Aaron Rodgers is going to be front page, top fold news, financially speaking, for the next three years. And there's nothing we can do about it. He's going to be making the most cash. He's going to have the most dead cap. And he may not be the best player in football. And he may not be the 10th best player in football. Because he's 40. So if you think the drama has been crazy so far, look out. Because the drama that, that ensues when he walks away at age 42. And there's a $60 million dead cap hit. That's going to shatter things. <laughs> I mean, you are literally saying when you acquired him, let, again, let's say it's the Raiders. You are literally saying we are all in for two years and then we are basically destroyed, destroyed. There, there are teams in this league that have never in their, in their history of their franchise had $60 million of dead cap in any one season combined, all players combined, ever. And Aaron Rodgers is most likely going to have that on his own in 2025. So, you know, this is the stuff I nerd out on. There are options. Some of them are terrible. Some of, They're all terrible because of the contract and the age and the injuries and blah, blah. The only thing that can save this, and I have to say it because, again, I'm going to preface it. I like this player. He has been a hell of a good watch. The only thing that can save this is that the old Aaron Rodgers comes back into form, right? He's traded to the Raiders. He links back up with DeFonte Adams, and it looks like Brady and Gronk version 2.0, and it just looks like it always did, and he's 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, and he stays healthy, and it's quick release, and he's mobile at times, and he stays healthy. That's the only thing that can save this circus. It's going to ha- I mean the numbers aren't changing but our impression of the numbers will change if Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But how much can we rely on that? You know, everything's against that from happening. So whether he's traded, whether he's kept the money's all stupid. The money to be paid, the money to be retained, the money eventually to be hitting the dead cap, it's all stupid. It's all circus but it's real. And I'm not going to stop talking about it because there's going to be an impact every single season, every single off season. Something's going to change or something's going to be in question. Right now everything's in question. And we have no idea what he's going he wants to do and he'll never tell us until the 99.9th minute. So, it's in his hands. If he wants to stick around with the Packers for the rest of his career, then they're going to have to deal with the contract that they signed and I'll be prefacing them with all of these numbers and it'll be a little bit less daunting because they can restructure the crap out of it. But buyer be warned, the more they restructure, right? And they won't be able to really restructure until 2025 because again, the base salaries are all minimums. But I don't think you really want to increase 60 million a dead cap in three years. So as far as contracts go, this isn't the worst contract in the history of football. You know, I think there's a chance Deshaun Watson can be that. I think there's a chance. Boy, I hate putting names on these. I think there's a chance that a few other quarterbacks out there, I'm just going to say them, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, could be in this conversation at some point soon. This isn't that. And it can all go away, at least a certain degree, if he plays well. And that's all we've ever seen him do. So. Let's just assume he's got a broken thumb and they're shutting him down because the team's no good and they're going to spend the offseason instead of focusing on Aaron Rodgers, but focusing on how to make Aaron Rodgers better again with more depth and better edge rushers and yada, yada, yada. That's my hope. But these numbers are going to be staring me in the face for a long time here. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot Get yourself 40% off that first year subscription. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Schnetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Swat Track Podcast.